John 3.17. Church family, turn to that with me, if you will. Come on over. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten butt, and who shall ever believeth in him shall not perish, but have an everlasting pussy. I like that. Lord, humbly we come before you and ask once again. You've blessed us in so many ways, dear Lord. You shine down upon us a bounty of which so many less fortunate than us could only dream of. I hesitate to ask you for anything else, sweet Lord. But I have noticed a troubling turn of events in my life. I do have an ass, Lord, and where it is, I would quite like to have a pussy. Hmm. So I come to you on bended knee once again, my sweet savior, and yeah. ask if it is within your will and you do so see fit. Please take the ass that you gave me, Lord, and turn it into a pussy. Amen. Wow. <laughs> what, a, what a reverent speaking voice for the people. Yeah. Christopher, That's 2020, dude, trying to get my butt turned into a pussy. Man, I mean, and I know who is the man for the job, you know? Yeah, yeah. Can well, he, that said, this week we're talking about Joseph Michael Swango. He's been known as David Adams, Michael Kirk, Jack Kirk, Michael Swain, and, more commonly, Dr. Death. This week on Death Metal... I shot that one out. Fuck, <laughs> that was bad. When you see my dick, hope it gives you hell. Hope it gives you hell. Whew. When you see my ass, hope it gives you smell. Hope it gives you smell. <laughs> Open your mouth and take my ass on your tongue. Oh, hell. <laughs> yeah. Who sings that, dude? I forgot. What a big... That was a very popular song. It's one of those bands that people were like, yeah, I like pop punk. All American Rejects, I bet. Yeah, something like that for it sure. It had to be that. That was a weird time in the world, man. Pop punk. Well, it wasn't, you know? Yeah. But they, it was just like, it was kind of like in the 90s when people got all hyped up on grunge. Like, Blink-182 was rocking so hard, people tried to encapsulate that formula. Did you like that first Fallout Boy? Don't lie to me. I don't know if I've ever listened to it. Come on, dog. I mean, what's the song on it? We're going down, down. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god, we just found. Yeah. And sugar, we're sucking his penis. That's fine. When it came out, I didn't like it. I mean, but now it's a loaded ball good. blow job, busted and fill it. That's a loud pop, dude. Bush Light is the one. This is the best shotgun beer, dude. <laughs> I just did one, and it's a, it's a, it's a quite a surprise, man. <laughs> it's fucking uh, nice like, and smooth, uh, dude. I've man. been watching so many fucking chef shows. I always get just sucked the fuck into them. Yep. But uh, I've been watching that one, The Final Table on Netflix. It's they're all ridiculous, but this one's over the top because they're doing that shit that basketball is doing, where they have a fake crowd. Oh yeah. But it makes no sense, dude. It's a cooking show. <laughs> but every time somebody cheers or like the audience applause, it's the same sound 
And then when they show the fucking audience applauding, they're doing the same shit every time. Oh, yeah. It's crazy that they try to get away with that. I like the street food shit. Like what? No, the, the, there's like a Netflix thing on there. It's like street food and from different parts of like South America and Asia and shit. It's pretty cool. Who's the host? Uh, I just think they just interview like people in those communities and what they make. Oh, it's, it's pretty cool. I liked. Uh, I mean, I love Chef's Table. Chef Table is the number one at Ritz, and they did a barbecue one, which was awesome. And then they did that barbecue competition we talked about, which was pretty fucking cool. But final table's all right. That's all right. Just for that crazy shit they got away with. Anyway, let's get into the episode. Joseph Michael Swango. He was a former physician. He started out. He started out the legitimate way. Went to school. Became a doctor. Till things went sour. Had become one of the most infamous medical serial killers of all time. It's estimated that Swingo was involved in as many as 60 fatal poisonings of patients and colleagues. He admitted to causing four deaths. In 2000, he was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences without parole and is currently serving time in the ADX Supermax prison near Florence, Colorado. And if everything goes well, we'll be pretty close to there next month. Yep. This isn't a good podcast thing, but... It changed to the weekend of the 26th, which is after Thanksgiving. If that Sweet. That does would help. Be easier. <laughs> that would be way easier. Yeah, I thought so. I'm not going to say it yet, but it could result in a very cool podcast. Yeah. Swingo was born in Tacoma, Washington, and raised in Quincy, Illinois. Illinois. No one ever thinks about Illinois as being like a very country fucking place. It might be the most redneck. New Hampshire's pretty fucking redneck. People oh, dude, know. Indiana's. I mean, Indiana, it's, it's right by Illinois, too, so. Indiana, Illinois, New Hampshire, of course, West Virginia. But people always want to equate redneckery to the south. Yeah. Arkansas, of course, where we're at. Alabama, yeah. Mississippi. And sure, you do have a lot of fucking yokels. Yeah. But, dude, Illinois. Man, every type of redneck culture has its own fucking flavor, dude. Yeah. That's unique. I feel like I feel like Midwest redneck is very reckless. Yeah. They're not a bunch that you want to really trifle with, but mm. deep pockets of racism, deep pockets of just fucking ignorance. But Illinois's got Chicago. Yeah. Springfield. Mainly Chicago. So people don't uh even think about what a rule and if you've ever driven through Chicago from anywhere in America, you haven't just flown in. It's like cornfields. For hours. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the fucking outskirts. Yeah. It's like always some Amish shit going on. There is a lot of Amish shit in the area. Amish are cool, dude. I mean, Hell yeah. worshiping God sucks dick, but just being completely disconnected. And what rules is that they disconnected so long ago, man. They knew you don't want to get involved in this bullshit. And they knew it in like the 60s. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's an old, old religion. I think it's like an sh- offshoot of the Quakers, but I'm sure it's been around as long as America's been around. It is. I mean, it is Puritans. It's that Puritan shit. Yeah. But they let you get fucked for a year or so if you want to and come back. Yeah. 
But it's a cool, it's a good lifestyle, I think. Anyway, it's wholesome. You're living off the land. You're taking care of each other. Sure, there's probably some very dark, forced incest type of situations as you would have with any religious community. However, just given, like, no social media. Before social media. I mean, the oncoming storm. And it is true, dude. That is one thing about the Bible. It does kind of predict that there will be a uh, giant groupthink that waves over the earth, which isn't hard to predict. No. Just because of the nature of people, but god damn it, dude. I hate... I mean, what was that... What's that fucking thing on Netflix we were talking about? I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but it's uh, just a documentary of shit that we, uh, us as old school conspiracy theorists have known about for forever, where essentially the less nefarious way to think about it is that companies invented the internet and they figured out ways to track patterns of what you do yeah and they know that you're more likely to buy something if you're looking at x y or z content therefore because that's when you're valuable to companies your entire social media timeline is packed full of fucking things that will evoke emotion from you and lead you to make impulsive purchases yeah We've said it a million times on this podcast before the documentary ever came out. But the documentary is great because it's the people that made it that way, engineered it that way, knew what they were doing, specifically did it coming out and saying, yes, that's what this is for. But all, all and I have said, it's not a new position for me, that all media ever in the history of the world has been the same idea. Sure. It's all made, including the fucking Bible, to make you behave a certain way so that an elite group of people can get what they want out of you. Absolutely. Well, but it, it controls people's lives and people need to watch this. What the fuck dude? Uh, can you look it up on your phone? What is it? It's just, just look up like Netflix, Facebook documentary All right. or social media documentary. Cause the thing is, I think people really need to watch anything they can like this to, to make them understand what they're going through. Because when you wonder like, how can so many of my friends, social dilemma, the social dilemma, that's yeah. it. You need to watch this. You need to tell your friends that are uneducated about the goings on in the world to watch this. And what I mean by goings on, if you're any type of just fucking low level conspiracy enthusiasts, you understand that things aren't always what they seem, but what happens is and I don't know why this came up on this doctor or death thing, but it's important. Came to me, stream of conscious, when we need to talk about it. Sure. What happens is that you're filtered a particular view. And when you engage with that view, corporations, starting at the base level with Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever your social media of choice is, start registering everything you do. Start putting patterns together. So let's say you're a left-leaning person, a right-leaning person, an extremist type of person. They patch all that together and placate to you. So if you wonder, like, how can some of my friends be such an extreme anti-Trump, pro-big government type of goofball, and some of my other friends be like, save the children, QAnon type of shit. Yeah. It's because their worldview, everything that they know and what they believe in for years has been funneled to them because the way they interact with those posts that either are the exact opposite of what they're used to seeing to make them mad or 
to feed them what they want to see. Sure. The exact same thing that they do believe in. Well, I mean, that's what the <clears throat> that's what the Nazis did with the television. A hundred percent. You know, that's what television was invented for. Yeah. So when people want to blame the Nazis, they're like, "Oh, it's nefarious that they used it." To, uh, that's the whole point of TV. Yeah. TV was never made to be like, "Oh, we need to um, just entertain people and go out of our way." No, dude, it's a money making entity. Sure. The, the only reason that there is TV shows is to sell products. And the Nazis were super tied into corporations. Yeah. You know, Coca-Cola. Yep. Uh, BMW, BMW, Volkswagen, yeah. Hugo Boss. Yeah. It's like they were able to sell all those things, do all these different things under these different entities who gave them money. You know, so it's, well, it's, a, and it's never changed. We're doing the same shit. Nazism, National Socialism. We we're we're what they wanted. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're diverse, yes. But as far as the back end of like advertising and propaganda, what they wanted to do was to control people into doing what they wanted them to do. It just so happens that America's an oligarchy and what we're run by corporations and what they want us to do is spend money. Yeah. But that's literally all your beliefs boil down to. You don't have your own viewpoint. You didn't think of this yourself. You just decided to follow what was put in front of you. And most of the people, especially listen to our podcast, that are younger than us, or even the same age as us, their whole life, they've had some form of social media. Sure. Or if they've just been shown, and you decide to follow down these paths, and whichever way you click, you're fed the opposite and the same. Not yeah. No moderation, because that doesn't evoke emotion. Yeah. I think we're all guilty of it. You know, I know I am. There would be some dude, especially when this shit, the save our children shit. I didn't, I didn't know about the QAnon shit. Yeah, you know? right. And so it's like, well, that's what it plays to, dude. It's yeah. like, it, you, it, so you're like, it's a, but it disenfranchises the the real thought behind which it, which really, you know? really in this particular case sucks. Yeah, because the save our children shit, no one, these people don't care. No, it's just another fucking social media campaign for for. Trunks and lights. Tr- yeah, it's yeah. Stu- it's fucking stupid, dude. Yeah, uh, and it's a. I mean, obviously, child abduction and pedophilia is our number one problem. Yeah. Huge problem. The only the only moral dilemma I have. Again, yeah. if you murder somebody, you can explain it to me, and I'll agree. Well, with the thing the thing is so crazy about it, and it's kind of going off subject, but it's. Oh, we're it's, way off subject. It's okay, but it's, <laughs> but we haven't started yet, so that's good. It's a legit issue like people talk about slavery and and racism and things like that it's slavery's never gone away in fact there are more people in slavery than there's ever been ever Definitely. right now Definitely. and it's and it's in the in the work slave trade and human sex trafficking yeah and it's all over the world i mean like yeah. you could be going to a restaurant and not know that the dude that's cooking your food and shit he's not getting paid shit right and he's just there because if he whatever money he makes they got like somebody back home holding his family captive and if you don't make this amount of money you know it could be this crazy shit yeah or it could be the mom sells her kid for some drugs, and then you got a four-year-old who's traveling around the back of a, a fucking, you know, uh, animal control car that they're just, like, taking and dropping off kids to fuck and fail, make child porn with. That happens. It does. Like, quite regularly. More than it should. And it, that's... The QAnon thing just disenfranchises everything about them. Right. That's what pisses and me that's off. All, that's honestly... It feels like part of it. Yeah, and that's a more even deeper, more nefarious level of what you consider the social dilemma. But it hits all branches of life. Whatever you believe in, whatever your thoughts are, 
I think everyone, I mean, I think psychedelics help with it, but you do need to spend some time alone with yourself and think, like, why do I believe these things? Do, do the things I believe matter? Do they enrich my life? Do they enrich my family's life? Are they helpful to anyone in my actual life? And a lot of time you're going to find out, and it's a hard reality to face, the answer is no. But, you know, a lot of people will, will wonder, and not a lot of people, that's stupid. That's like uh, a lot of people wonder, a lot of people want to know. But people that I interact with fairly, fairly regularly, I'm, I'm sure, because we've had conversations about it, think that I'm extremely apathetic, which a lot of times in a lot of situations I am, but I've just, I wouldn't say I'm jaded, but I have understood the reality that your viewpoint's been manipulated since you were born. Sure. So the things that you believe in and what's important to you is if it's outside of your like flesh and blood or friendships or like actual physical bonds that have nothing to do with your worldview are probably bullshit. And you didn't come up with them. You just decided to coast along with what you were taught. And you don't question things. You don't question your own choices. And you don't question your own beliefs. Um, I think that's the uh, I think that's the downfall of society. Yeah. Well, it's the downfall of humans. Yeah. In general. Just sure. We can, we will latch on to something, and we're super adapt, adaptable. I mean, I mean, take the fucking pandemic. I mean, everybody's freaking the fuck out for the first couple months, but then all of a sudden, it's like this is normal now. Oh, no one cares now. <laughs> you know, it's fucking crazy. No one gives man. a shit, dude. It's just like okay, you have to wear masks to go somewhere, so we wear them, and then before that, a brief moment of fucking spazzing out. One side thinking we're all gonna die, another side thinking it's very annoying to wear masks. Then, just like everything else, uh, other things come up, and now you have some structures that were put in place that may or may not be beneficial that everyone decided to sign off on and go along with, no matter their beliefs. Because there's no option. You don't have a choice. You have to do it Yeah, you're just going to do what everybody else does because it's Which I majority think rules. It's retarded to uh, dissent about wearing a mask. Who cares? Yeah, that's if, fucking... it makes other people feel good, who gives a shit? But on top of that... I mean, there is an element if you're a fucking person that definitely has a problem with authority like me for no reason other than I've, I've watched it and understood it for a long time, that everyone's just trying to control our goddamn brains. Sure. Uh, you do want to just push back against everything, but I mean, there's a lot of that. I mean, that's what people should be doing in a lot of instances, and they just sit around and suck off what they think is the best idea because that's what they've been fed, and they subscribe to it. Pro-police... The problem with shit, all that shit. Anything where you assume we're going to take it. Why would you take a deep public stand for politics? Well, like, how does it even enrich your life? It definitely does. That's, that's so crazy. That's, that's why I'm constantly blown away by the things I see where people are like, well, I've, I've, I've given myself to this cause. Well, no president's ever helped you. None. It's about, it doesn't been. People will go, well, they did this. And it's like, dude, they will give you... But did that help? Even it doesn't ever matter what it is. Like, nothing good has ever come from politics. Yeah, you're getting popcorn while they're eating the steak and lobster, dude. I yeah. mean, that's just the way the fuck it is, period. It's the emperor... Read the fucking emperor wears no clothes. Yeah. Watch the emperor's new groove, dude. <laughs> yeah. There is... Just, it's just like... <laughs> you know, we're there... Everyone's just set up to believe that there is this all-over-empowering authority that we have to subscribe to and it sucks when people will just casually give into it while there's people that figure out ways to exploit that way of thought like jeff bezos yeah 
It sucks, man, and I hate to keep ranting about the same shit over and over again, but I just will, you know, I've I, there's no Facebook app on my phone. Well, either, I mean, a good starting point, actually, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's just type, It's George Lynch from Doc, and he made a documentary about Native <laughs> American people and shit. Oh, yeah. It's pretty fucking good, man. So he, But it's just like, look at what the fuck they're, it's not that they ever stop doing this shit to Native American people, they continue to do it. They're, they continue to steal their resources. They continue to fuck with their water. You know, that kind of shit. So, yeah. I can't remember the name of it. I want to say it's like Native something. I don't know. It's great. It's really good. I just, they fucking confer- they talk to Ted Nugent, and it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. But Well, this is completely my fault because we spent 20 minutes off subject. But I figure you're here if you want to hear what we think about things anyway. And every once in a while, we got to fucking get at it. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to piss real quick, and then we'll dive into the actual subject of the week. All right, I'm going to go right into it, because uh, the battery's getting fucking weird, which we probably got an hour left or whatever, which is perfect. Like I was saying, Swango was born in Tacoma, Washington, raised in Quincy, Illinois, redneck country. He was the middle child of Muriel, Muriel, and John Virgil Swango. His father was a career army officer who served in Vietnam, and he is... Basically a who's who of 1972 Illinois government. War hero. He's around all the fucking big politicians. And Illinois is like a very politically influential state. So he's out there. He's got the, he's a, he's an important figure. Also a fucking alcoholic, which all adds up. Yeah. If you're that, if you're, I mean, number, you probably have bad PTSD from being in Vietnam so you drink that away, and then all those circles are fucking degenerates of some type. So he's a good old-fashioned alcoholic degenerate. Once he came back from Vietnam, Father Swango became depressed. Muriel left his ass. All throughout his childhood, young Swango, Dr. Death, saw little of his father, and as a result, had a very close relationship with his mother. Always something weird with the mom, man. Dude, being raised by your mom, which I wasn't even that, it, it's always in a serial killer, dude. It fucks it, you up. Yeah, it really just depends on the mom, too, you know, but it's like... That's true. There's probably some weird shit about her catching him whacking it and making him not do it anymore. Or like, like do it and just like, oh, go ahead and finish. <laughs> and what the fuck is that? What's that? That uh, Rocco... Some Freddy? Yeah, you ever seen that documentary about him? No. Dude, there's a weird part in that where he's like talking about his mom, like saw him jacking off, yeah, and then was like, "Ah, that piece is like, you know, it's okay, that's normal. I'm glad you do that." And he just like walked off. I would never want my parents to tell me I'm glad that I come. Uh, that's not that weird. She didn't stay and watch. She might have. I don't remember. That's pretty good parenting. I don't think that that would even lead to you doing porn or whatever. Yeah, I feel like it's. I mean, you know, like imagine. How different your childhood would have gone if your parent, if your grandparents weren't like, that's a dirty, dirty thing. Yeah. You're going to hell. You can't be doing stuff like that. That's, uh, you know what I'm saying? They just turned me on more when they told me that. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's very healthy to just get reassurance from your parents. It's yeah, like, won't yeah, be and everybody, literally everybody busts. Yeah. So, you know, do it on your own time. Keep it a secret. I remember him telling me that it was bad to do that shit and then, like, going and digging through his pills and finding Viagra and condoms. Sure. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm throwing these in the woods. You shouldn't be (laughs) fucking either. (laughs) If I can't bust, you can't bust, (laughs) brother. 
Get my grandma pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> he was a valedictorian of his 1972 Quincy Catholic Boys High School class. He was a uh, notable clarinet player in school band, which I don't know what notable means. Was he first chair? Because that's the only thing I can note about. Were you the best or were you whack? Were you just okay at playing clarinet, dude? What is notable? You clarinet. I know. That's a weird thing for a dude to get into, too. Yeah, it's like whatever, dude. I'm not trying to call people on being effeminate for doing certain things, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. To just be like, oh, yeah, clarinet. That's a uh, weird thing to do. Maybe he's Catholic trying to get some pussy, school. man. He was in a Catholic boys' school. How old? It's all boys. Yeah. Oh, he's trying to get some man pussy. Maybe. Some boy pussy hole. He became a Marine right out of high school, though. He graduated from recruit training in San Diego, and he was fine. Didn't have a long career in the Marines as he was honorably discharged in 1976. Which, look, man, this is another fucking telltale thing for serial killers is going to the military. There's just something about... And I think that in that time when you're dealing with right after Vietnam... There's something going on. There was definitely a thing in Vietnam that a lot of veterans talk about how during basic training and all the time leading until they actually physically went to Vietnam, there's so much programming where they convince you that the enemy is not actually human beings. They're subhuman. Yeah, they have to do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I think that that is one of the things with serial killers. If you have any emotion attached to killing when you have to go over and kill another type of person, it's... You it, won't do what they you want. You won't do it, yeah. Of course. You have to dehuman, dehumanize them. But I think that really helps serial killers out. Sure. If you're, if, you're on, if you're on that spectrum and somebody teaches you that there are people who are less than people and they deserve to die... That's not something that uh, Dr. Swango should be hearing. Also, Vietnam is probably like the height of rape jokes. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, so, also the height of rape. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some crazy <laughs> shit with the okay. sex going on back <laughs> just then, dropped dude. dropped a whole beer. Yeah. Dude, with the, um, so Bush puts latte on Bush Light on their cans right now. It's a limited edition. It says on the label contains no coffee or dairy, which is funny because people don't get it. Yeah. But I'm, t- dude, all the time at the restaurant. We've, Because like, I am a purveyor of trash beer. I keep it on hand. I like it. It's fun to me when people drink it. I have 40 ounces. Um, But, dude, the fucking dorks will be like, what's Bush Latte? I'm like, oh, it's just Bush Light. But they're trying to be funny because a lot of people say, I'll take a Bush Latte. And they're like, no, I think it's like coffee beer. I'm like, well, I'm telling you it's not. I'm the one that's got it over there. <laughs> it's crazy. It's actually really good. I would never drink a bush ever. It rules, dude. Yeah. Bush Heavy is pretty good, too. I haven't had that either. Just so you know. Yeah. That's the official beer of the, the boys right now. Yeah. We, we switch <laughs> it up from time to time. Yeah, this is a good one, though. It's the first one you're like, I'm getting some bush. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I got hams last week. <laughs> yeah, this is better than that. For sure. yeah, 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 yeah. This is a heavy upgrade from hams. Uh, but I'm sure Vietnam veterans were slamming Bush Light. The, Dr. Schwingo, not not a Vietnam veteran. Again, his dad was. He got out in 1976. Uh, he was sent overseas, but he saw no action. Because of what he was doing in the Marines, he did have a deep love of physical fitness. So when he was going to school, he would jog. He would do calisthenics. All over the Quincy University campus, he was known to perform push-ups as a form of self-punishment, right in class, dude, which kind of rules. 
if he fucked something up, he would just drop and do push-ups, which that's definitely a deeply troubled individual. Sure. But that's so funny to see. If I was a professor, dude, I would just reprimand him for everything just to watch. Yeah, do like, push-ups. Like, count him out, dude. <laughs> God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got called in Arkansas history class to come out and do burpees in the hallway because I wouldn't stand up during the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. And so I went out there, and then he was like, screw the coach. The football coach was the one came and got me. He was screaming at me and trying to embarrass me. And I was like, I'm not doing burpees. He's yeah. like, yeah, you are. And I was like, I'm doing farties. And I just started fucking <laughs> farting real loud. <laughs> Hell yes, dude. Swego graduated from Quincy. He was summa cum laude. This is so funny, dude. You can't put cum. Sumo cum laude. <laughs> in, a fucking, <laughs> in a fucking title at school, dude. Come on. Everyone, especially in college, dude, everyone's laughing, having a good time. He was given the American Chemical Society Award, which uh, sounds pretty fucking cool, dude. I, I do love chemicals. Yeah. Following his graduation... He was sent to medical school at Southern Illinois University of Medicine. During that time, he started showing some troubling behavior. Probably sucking them, uh. fucking them, dumping them out, inselling around, probably. He was a brilliant student. He preferred to work as an ambulance attendant rather than concentrate on his studies. People that were around him were sketched out because they noticed that he had an fascination, an actual fascination. He loved being around dying patients. That is so weird, dude. It's no good. It's something you gotta tell about. You gotta have to tell somebody, this guy's not suited for this. He gets hard when people die. <laughs> yeah. So if he wears khakis, you can see the cum. I'm sure he's rock hard. Dude, yeah. No sweatpants on the job. <laughs> No one thought much of it, apparently, but many of Suego's assigned patients ended up suffering life-threatening emergencies. Five people that he personally attended to in ambulances ended up dying. Suego's lax approach to his studies caught up with him a month before he graduated. When it was discovered, he faked checkups during his OBGYN rotation, which is crazy. For someone that kills people. Why? Unless you're gay. Now listen to me. That's the wrong thing to say here. Because it requires me. Here's a, Okay, here's a better way to frame it. Why would a man become an OBGYN? To look at hole? That's it, that's it, right? Yeah. There's no other reason. And people are like, there's no way anyone would dedicate 8 to 10 years of medical school and be vetted and go through rigorous internships yeah. practices to do that. You're wrong. Do you not know dudes? Just to, it's always to, weird to whenever turn it's your a, total life, everything yeah. around you, to make your entire foundation pussy. We're already doing that. So to think that you don't want to get paid to fiddle around at whole... That's the biggest lie America ever told. Sure. But it's crazy that he did not want to do OBGYN checkups. I feel like everyone high fives when they're like, all right, it's OBGYN block of doctor training. Yeah, dude. Yes. Thanks. This rules. I get a fiddle with puss. Yeah. 
A number of his fellow students suspected that he had been faking checkups as early as his second year in the school, but it was in his senior year that he got caught. What is faking checkups? What are we talking about? Probably just not doing it. Like, no. probably writing out a checkup. Writing check out that he was doing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, just forging documents, basically. He was nearly expelled. He was allowed to remain when one member of the committee voted to give him a second chance. Because at that time, a unanimous vote was required to expel somebody. Earlier than that, several students and faculty members had raised concern about Swango's competence to practice medicine. Eventually, the fucking school allowed him to graduate a year after entering the, the court case with his classmates on the condition that he repeats the OBGYN rotation and completed several other courses they felt that he fell short on. So they make this guy finger people. Yeah. Despite a very poor evaluation in his dean's letter from SIU, Swango got a surgical internship at Ohio State University Medical Center in 1983, and that would be immediately followed by a residency in neurosurgery. But I don't think that that's that weird because we need fucking doctors, man. Yeah. It's a hard profession to get into. If someone's willing to take it on, I got a feeling that you're giving a shot. It's a high stress, lack of sleep. Yeah. You know, it was like you get called in often. You have to be borderline crazy to do it. So no surprise when there's some weird shit afoot. Um, I mean, the, the amount of debt you take on is astonishing. So I'm in no way surprised that he would be allowed to pass and get into it. Yeah. I think it should be an internship type of situation, not a school type of situation. They, and I think that you, when you come out of medical school, there's internships. Well, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you're doing like a, essentially a paid internship. When yeah. You're doing rotations. But what I'm saying is if someone wants to be a doctor, they actually want to do it. Yeah. They have the stomach to do it. They've got the knowledge, the brain power to withhold the correct information. Also, it's just like, it's a big old fuck fest. It's like working at a Chili's, dude. Is it? Everybody's fucking at Chili's. Yeah. That's the same way with doctors. Is that true? Yeah, dude. Can you verify it? I can, but I don't want to because it involves somebody getting mad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take your word for it. It makes sense, dude. I've seen ER a couple times. You get all horny around somebody for 12, maybe 24 hours. Yeah. You know, your wife's pissed because you're not home. And then you got some young nurse wanting to suck your dick. And you just performed some kind of crazy neurosurgery. Yeah. Yeah, man. You're a lifesaver. Okay. Go ahead and shoot that fucking cream in there. I deserve to bust. Yeah. Lots of baked potatoes. Well, while he worked at OSU, nurses noticed that apparently healthy patients started dying mysteriously with what they would call an alarming frequency. Every time that this was made note of, Swango had been the intern on the floor. One nurse caught him injecting a quote-unquote medicine into a patient who shortly after became struck by a mysterious illness. The nurses reported their concerns to administrators, but they were met with accusations of paranoia. That's how bad they want doctors. Shut up, nurse. Be a doctor. Shut the fuck up. Swango was cleared by a cursory investigation in 1984. However, 
His work had been so shitty lately that OSU pulled its residency offer after his internship ended in June. Gotcha. Later it emerged that OSU officials feared that Swango would sue if he was fired without cause and resolved to get him away from the hospital as soon as possible after his internship ended. In July 1984, Swango returned home to Quincy and began working as an emergency medical tech with the ambulance corps, even though he had been fired from an ambulance service for making a heart patient drive themselves to the hospital. You are 0 for 6. It's so hard because the K is light. It flies away. (laughs) Soon, many paramedics on staff began noticing that whenever Swango prepared the coffee or gave them food, several of them would become violently ill with no apparent cause. In October of the same year, Swango was arrested by the Quincy Police Department after arsenic and other poisons were found in his possession. On October 23, 1985, Swango was convicted of aggravated battery for poisoning his co-workers. That incident landed him five years in prison. After his release from prison, he began working as a career counselor in Virginia. He was forced out after being caught working on a scrapbook of natural disasters on work time. And then he became a lab tech at a nearby facility. I mean, this is a guy that's got his medical doctorate degree. Yeah. And that's so funny that he was just doing a scrapbook of natural disasters. Like, oh, yes, another tornado kills 55. I'm horned. I'll maybe put this in my book. What's unique about him and most serial killers is that he's actually intelligent, you know? Yeah. That's most of the time, they're, most, most, well, there's something, most of the time they're fucking stupid. You mean like school, like book intelligent? Yeah. Because a lot of time they're fucking... Just socially dumb. Manipulatively intelligent. Yeah. Well, he, this dude sounds socially dumb. I mean, he's poisoning people blatantly. Yeah. Like, people are noticing a pattern. Seeing him, they're catching him pretty Is quickly. he coming, though? Probably. Like when it happens. I mean, what else would be the point? There's five people sick out there dying. That's why you kill people, right? It's five comes. Yeah, pretty but much. Dude, it's so funny that he was doing homemade porn with the disasters. Just that's, jacking off to fucking that's, newspaper articles man. of earthquakes and typhoons. Ooh. Oh, my God. But have you seen this typhoon? The whole beating. It's truly incredible. The beating fetish where you just get the shit beat out of you and leave bruises. Yeah. Have you seen that video of that girl just getting fucking, like, gummy worms shot at her ass <laughs> to where it bruises her? Oh, yeah. And then it crams it up her pussy and then fucking queefs them all out? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that looks pretty fun. It, yeah, yeah, for not me. It hurts. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Have my- you ever been slapped by a gummy worm? Yeah, it sucks. It hurts, dude. Yeah. It's crazy how much it hurts. Yeah, candies in general fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah, they're all so hard. I had a fucking... It shouldn't be in your body. Snack bag thrown... A candy thrown in my back <laughs> one time, dude, and I was so... It felt like a thousand bee stings, man. <laughs> yeah, that shit is wild, dude. And so you got a medical doctor working as a lab tech. During his time working in the lab... Several employees sought medical attention with complaints of persistent and increasing stomach pains. It was there that he met Kristen Kinney. She was a nurse at a nearby hospital. They fell in love. Set out a date and got a plan to get married once they were both settled in with their jobs. He worked there until 1991 when he resigned to seek out a new position as a doctor. 
1991, Swango legally changed his name to Daniel J. Adams, not sketchy at all, and tried to apply for a residency program in West Virginia. In July 1992, he began working at Sanford Medical Center in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. These are all states where they just need people, dude. They're the country's poorest fucking places, so I got a feeling it's whatever the fuck you can get at that point. Yeah. And they went with Swango. So he, he tried to get in West Virginia. He's so bad, they said no. Sent him to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. In both cases, he had actually forged several legal documents to reestablish himself as a physician and respected member of society. He forged a fact sheet that falsified his criminal record, stating that he had been convicted of a misdemeanor for getting into a fight with a co-worker instead of, of course, the felony that caught him five years in prison, poisoning the staff that he worked with. Swango ended up establishing a sterling reputation at Sanford, but he did make the mistake of attempting to join the American Medical Association. The AMA did a very thorough background check, found out about the poisoning conviction. So on Thanksgiving Day, the Discovery Channel aired an episode of Justice Files that included an entire fucking segment just on Swango. Yeah. Dude. That's crazy. And he's, meanwhile, result, he's still walking around. That's what I'm saying. That's man. wild, man. That's bananas. He didn't, you know, he didn't murder people. He poisoned people. Went to prison for it. And the Discovery Channel is like, this is crazy. Yeah. So he was immediately fired as a result of the Discovery Channel <laughs> Justice Files episode from Sanford. Kenny went back to Virginia soon after because she was suffering from violent migraines. Of course, as soon as she left Swango. The migraine stopped. The AMA lost track of Swango. Great, dude. That's a wonderful organization that you should definitely put all your faith in. Yeah. The American Medical Association. They managed to, or Swango managed to find a place in the psychiatric residency program at the Stony Brook University School of Medicine in New York. And we're talking about a psychiatric program. As soon as he gets involved, his patients begin dying for no reason at all. Four months after that, Kenny committed suicide. However, arsenic was found in her body at the time of her death. Yeah. Her leaving him is what set it off. Set it off. So he started doing it again. I know. Kenny's mother, Sharon Cooper, was horrified to find out Swango was yet again allowed to practice medicine. So she called the American Medical Association. They contacted every hospital they could think of and had him effectively blacklisted. Since the latest Swango incident took place at the Veterans Academy facility, the feds got involved. That is when he disappeared. Gone, vanished, vamoosed until the middle of 1994. The FBI found him while he was living in Atlanta and working as a chemist. Soon after the FBI alerted the company, Swango was fired for lying on his job application, and the FBI obtained a warrant for Swango. 
Oh, that's that by... Hello, Akbar. I would love to do a pro jihad podcast. <laughs> I bet there's one, dude. Get America, he's back. Take that on to the There used to be this like new Black Panther Party podcast that was real wild, dude. Yeah, they're talking they're about taking out the white man. Too bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're right. They're like, we should just get out there and kill all of them. Too true. You know, too fucking true. If it seems like I'm rushing this one, I kind of am because the fucking battery's gonna die. So it's flashing at me right now, and I just gotta slam through it, dude. So the FBI found him. FBI knew where he was at. They got a warrant for his arrest. Swango was tipped off to it, so he fled to Zimbabwe. I fled to the Zimbabwe. <laughs> Zimbabwe, na na, Zimbabwe. He used forged documents to obtain to obtain a job as a doctor in the center of the country. You can tell I just shotgunned a beer, and that was the one that got me feeling cool because I'm yeah. slurring now. Oh, I'm seven in. As soon as I slur, it's over. Again, his patients started dying mysteriously, but all the Zimbabwe hospital did was suspend him. Because imagine, dude, the authenticity and the rarity of a white doctor in Zimbabwe. Yeah. But I think that, dude, Africa produces, like, a, a very prestigious type of doctor. So, yeah, scratch that, dude. They're probably way better at doing medicine than he, uh, any white man ever was. Well, they do. I come from Zimbabwe. Please allow me to show you how to obtain a penis enlargement surgery. In my country, everybody already has a penis that is way too big for American consumption. If you would like to also become the big dick of Zimbabwean, please do allow me to do surgery on your penis. Simply accept this Western Union moneygram for $45 million by simply giving me all of your bank account information. Hot. (laughs) They have like that whisper thing, dude. Like... Well, but I I based all African accents on that fucking video where the dude's like, today on this show, we have the gay counselor for the transgender community. And it's like a CNN looking type of show in Africa. And it's like, hello, first question. Why are you gay? <laughs> yeah, I love and that. And they goes, who says I am gay? You? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that shit rocks hard, but that's uh, yeah, that's how they all talk to me. Would you like to buy an apartment for twelve dollars? <laughs> I've got that brand new Ford Ranger truck from 2016 that I would sell you right here on Craigslist for the the price of twenty seven hundred dollars. Hell yeah! That's what they're up to, dude. They're either doctors or doing fucking doctor-level scamming. Sweet. Yeah. At this time, he had rented a room from a widowed woman in Bulewa, who subsequently began becoming violently sick after a meal she had prepared for her and a friend. The woman consulted a local surgeon who suspected witch doctory. Yeah, that's pretty legit. 
I'm just kidding. That's very racist. <laughs> the doctor suspected arsenic poisoning. <laughs> I was say, didn't you say that pretty prestigious doctors come I'm from sorry. there? I'm sorry, man. I can't help myself. I'm doctors. a bad piece of shit. I'm the worst. I can't help it, dude. What do you yeah. want from me? I did so good so far. Yeah. Uh, the doctor immediately suspected arsenic poisoning, and they persuaded her to send hair samples in for arsenic testing. Arsenic was confirmed, and the Zimbabwe Republic Police contacted the FBI through Interpol, who came to investigate the case in person. In the meantime, Swango had sensed the end was near for him. A professional scammer, dude. He knows when to go. He crossed the border into Zambia and then to Nambia. Such beautiful <laughs> places. Zambia and Nambia. He was found to be doing temporary. I'm slurring, dude. Yeah. One shotgun over the line, brother. <clears throat> he found temporary medical work. A criminal profile of Swango was made, and the FBI got a hold of the DEA to discuss the case. Which DEA, of course, would be involved because they would classify arsenic as a drug. The conversation focused on Swango lying on his government application to work. There was enough evidence for INS agents to arrest Swango on June 27, 1997 at a layover in Chicago O'Hare International Airport on his way to Saudi Arabia. Why wouldn't you book a ticket that did not go through America, you dumb fuck? Who knows? Swango pled guilty to defrauding the government in March of 1998. In July 1998, he was sentenced to three years in prison and was not allowed to be anywhere near food. They knew better. He probably smuggled arsenic in through his penis. Although the FBI, the VA, and prosecutors for the Eastern District of New York were convinced Swango was a serial killer, they knew it would be difficult to stick him with the charges. During his time in prison... The FBI amassed a list of Swango's alleged crimes. They exhumed the bodies of three of his patients and found poison in every single one of them, as well as evidence that he paralyzed the patient with an injection that was supposed to be a sedative. His patient went into a coma and died shortly after. A week before his indictment, FBI agents interviewed him in prison. They told him that on his release day, he would be extradited to Zimbabwe to face charges of murder and attempted murder. So Swango spilled the beans in front of, in fear of the death penalty. Yeah, dude, you don't want to, you don't want to be convicted of that in Zimbabwe. No. They're going to fucking cut everything off of you. Wait a minute, what a time to be able to be that kind of killer, dude. Right now? Yeah. Right now would be perfect. Absolutely. Everybody, that's COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you, nah, dude. dude, they just got coves, man. Yeah, that's a, I'm sure, I'm sure. That there's so many unchecked. I mean, and that's the thing about serial killers, dude, is you're saying usually they're dumb. A lot of times they are, but if you're on the elite level, you would definitely go into the medical profession yeah. and get away with murdering so much, dude. Eventually, prosecutors agreed to take the death penalty and extradition off of the table and return for Swango to accept a life sentence without the possibility of parole to admit to some crimes. On September 6, 2000, just a year and five days before the coolest day in American history, he pled guilty to three murder counts as well as counts of wire fraud and mail fraud. 
Prosecutors read passages from Swango's notebook describing the joy he felt during his crimes and gave him three consecutive life sentences. Dude, why would you ever write down how horny you got over murdering people? Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, you got to just internalize it, brother. You got to not be so obvious. He was sent to ADX in Colorado at his own request because he was stabbed by another inmate and attacked several other times. Can't be a weak book-learned bitch in prison, which is crazy because he was in good shape. He was a fucking ex-Marine. Should have stayed hard, brother. Should have never given up. He wrote a book. Sorry, he was the star of a book called Blind Eye, written by Quincy, Illinois native James Stewart. James Stewart estimates... That counting the suspicious deaths at SIU, circumstantial evidence leaked Swango to 35 suspicious deaths. That's pretty crazy, man. Definitely. But that's the a FBI, high yeah, that's a high number, but the FBI puts it more like 60. Wow. And that would make him one of the most prolific serial killers in American history. Sure. Still alive today. Phew. We could go visit him, dude. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's make it, dude. Let's save our piss. Throw it on him. <laughs> Throw it on him. Here's dude. some arse dick. Let's save our pee for yeah. three months and slosh it on him. <laughs> I don't think you can visit anybody in prison right now. I can't even visit anybody in jail. So. Is it because they don't want us to slosh piss on him? I would hope so. Yeah. Lots of pulp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, pulp is. Pulp is sucks. All right, yeah. Doggie, what music did you pick to go along with this? I picked uh, the fucking gore grind band Hemorrhage. Okay. 911 Emergency Slaughter. All right. <laughs> Dude, Hemorrhage rules. Yeah. But, yeah. That's yeah, all right. Well, I'd like to do something I haven't done for a while because I'm not as drunk as normal and give a salute to our sponsors, of course, the indomitablebeerbond.com, the greatest sponsor of all time, as they send us honkle gear in the mail. And if you want to get fucking hammered at a fast rate, you don't want to be a dipshit and sit around and sip beer like your stupid fucking uncle. You want to get it into your bloodstream as quick as possible, you need a shotgun key. You need a shotgun champ. You need a beer bong if you want to go classic about it. You need to get beer in you as fast as possible, and you need to take your dumb ass to beerbongs.com. Get hooked up with the latest in beer drinking technology. Type in DMD20 for free shipping and 20% off of your final purchase. Hell yes, dude. We want you to get drunk. You can also swing on over to cavemancoffee.com, which I assume is still a sponsor. No clue, really. And you can type in DMD20. If that still works, you'll get 15% off your product and free shipping. And they do have a delicious product. Former sponsors of Joe Rogan, so you know that you will get jacked. If not by us, by your coffee. Thanks for tuning in. Also go to patreon.com backslash death metal detectives. Sign up for $5 a month and you will get a new Patreon episode every fucking other week or week, depending on what God has in store for us and how much we drink. And all that money goes to our producer, Brian. We don't see a lick of it, and that helps him recover from his goddamn liver transplant because what human being deserves to have a liver sucked out of their body and a brand new one put in? Brian. Yeah. Well, he's back, and he's feeling better than ever, so thanks, everybody, for supporting him and us. We love you guys. We have a great time on YouTube. We have a cool Facebook group. If you want to get involved in that, just do it, bitch. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs>